We've seen the pandemic highlight the problems with our health care system, from bed shortages to staffing issues. Our health care system appears to have been unprepared for the pandemic. Coming out of the pandemic, we have a chance to address these shortcomings. Joining us to help look at how we can fix our strained health care system for the better is Don Drummond, School of Public Policy at Queen's University. Good morning to you, Don. Good morning to you. You know, I don't think it'd be a surprise to anybody that we were caught flat-footed ahead of something that we have not seen really, you know, in, in modern times. I guess we'd go back to the Spanish flu in 1918, but certainly in the past hundred years. It's highlighted this, uh, these problems, but did these problems already exist, Don? Well, I think big problems have existed in healthcare, putting aside COVID for the moment. Uh, we basically built a so-called healthcare system in the 1950s and 1960s that may have been suitable for the population of the time. And, and think back, in 1960, only 7.6% of the population was 65-plus. And to put this in the most indelicate terms that only a cold-hearted economist could do, once you hit 65, you didn't stay around very long after that. You, you didn't have a big, older population. You didn't have a a lot of chronic uh, arthritis, uh, dementia, frailty, and the like, what you had was acute uh, care needs. Uh, you broke a leg, uh, you had the flu, and we built a system that did a pretty good job of treating those needs. And then you fast forward, although the pace was very slow in the change, to 2020, 2021, you, you've got over a sixth of the population, 65 plus. The longevity is over 80. If we look to the future, we're about to double the population, 75 plus. And yet we've stayed in the same mode. If, if we go back to the speeches Tommy Douglas gave that, that in many ways led to what we've got right now, he actually put a greater emphasis on health promotion than he did on restoring health once it goes off the rails. But we've done almost none of that health promotion and put all our resources into restoring after it goes off the rails. And the perfect example of this is the reaction across the country to the COVID-related deaths in long-term care. All the emphasis will build better long-term care, will build more long-term care, but that's not the answer. The answer is people want to live independently as long as they can. That's what improves their well-being, and it's actually a lot cheaper to do. But again, we're being into that reactive kind of form. So if we had nothing, we're starting all over again, and we're designing something, I think it would be completely different than what we have ever so slowly morphed in, because it doesn't suit the times, and it's certainly not serving in the times going to the future. You know, it'd be a little bit like you're saying we're not prepared for COVID. We are so not prepared for a doubling of the population, 75 plus. So the healthcare system is outdated. It's not prepared for the, the age of the population we currently have. But would it, would it be outrageously expensive, almost impossible to really revamp entirely the healthcare system? Or are there parts that we could start with right away? Is it the senior care homes that you're talking about? Well, ironically, I think it would cost less. I mean, just again, to the economists like production function, look what we get. We we spend almost 12% of our gross domestic product on, on health and next to the United States that's tied for the highest in, around the world. And yet our health outcomes are about middle of the pack of developed countries in, in terms of how healthy people are, the incidence of the disease and the like. So 
we're not doing very well for value for money and what we got. And, and of course, double anything I say there for Alberta, because Alberta is way more expensive than everybody else, should have better health outcomes because it has a younger population than the Canadian average, but doesn't. So things are less effective, less efficient. So if, if you look at an example that I just gave, the long-term care, at the moment, that's about $140 a day, and, and once we improve the infrastructure and the safety and better, more pay, better paid workers, better qualified workers, that's going to be over $200 a day. You can provide a lot of home care services between 50 and 100, and you've got a win-win because that's what people want. If we look in Europe, they've got all kinds of uh, in-between in way stations between independent living at home and the ultimate long-term care, um, dementia-friendly village, age-stratified villages, um, community services within private apartment buildings. We have some examples of that in Canada, but very few. And you can actually, if not prevent dementia and frailty, you can certainly lean into them. Early detection of hearing loss is very powerful in, in staving off uh, dementia, but we don't do very much of that kind of prevention because we've never been focused on it. Scope of practice. A lot of the things we put on hospitals can be done outside of the hospitals. A lot of things that we have doctors do don't need to be done by doctors. They could be done by nurse practitioners. A lot of things nurse practitioners done by nurses, but we don't open up those boxes where as uh, I, I think it would be unrecognizable if we started from a blank sheet of paper and started uh, from scratch again. Well, and Don, perhaps we don't have to start at a blank sheet. And I'm wondering, you know, uh, uh, we, we think of our health care as a, a beacon in the world. We have the best health care the, on the globe. We, we do what we can to take care of each other in Canada. But I'm wondering, besides starting with a blank sheet, can we look at other countries? Do you see other countries as a model we should you know, basically adapt to and adopt? Well, as you express it, I think is the number one problem. Um, it's uh, very well known when you look at the competitiveness of businesses that the biggest determinant of a business being competitive or not are how demanding your clients are. If you have complacent clients, you're a lousy business. If you've got really demanding clients, you have a pretty good business. Canadians are the ultimate in complacent because they believe, as you expressed it, that we have the best healthcare system. We don't. We are among the most expensive and we have mediocre outcomes. We are off the scale and wait times of any other developed countries and it's virtually impossible to see a specialist. You know, you're talking about the 17% of the population being senior and going to double 75. We only have 304 gerontologists in all of Canada. We only have 470 rheumatologists. We are not well placed. Even putting aside the surgery delays from COVID-related, you could take two, three, four years to, from having a problem, needing a, a joint operation to one getting. Um, and we talk about we're a public health care system. We're not. 70% of our healthcare spending is in the public domain, 30% is in the private domain, and that includes over half of pharmaceuticals are in private. Less than 10% of everything else is in the public domain, including mental health. The only mental health in the public domain is if you're actually in a hospital. Outside the hospital, that's all private. And so we've got, you know, depending on the survey, 8 to 15% of Canadians cannot afford their prescription drugs, either in total or not take them as prescribed. That's not the reality that most people think. You know, the CBC ran a poll a number of years ago, what Canadians thought defined in Canada, and they picked the Canadian public health care system. Well, it's not particularly public health care. It's not really a system. It's a collection of a bunch of silos, but we believe that. And it comes back, we have been trained since birth to singularly 
compare ourselves to the Americans, and we don't like the American healthcare system, so we're we're better. But there's all kinds of better examples around the world. If you look at the care of the elderly, Denmark, they have a very good home care system. They've actually reduced the number of long-term cares by 30%. And if you look at the satisfaction of life surveys, uh, those northern European economies do do very well in life satisfaction because they provide it in a different way at a lower cost than we do. And they don't face all these huge wait times that we do. I think we need to set up a meeting with you and the federal government. Thank you so much. Really important discussion, Don. Thank you so much for joining okay. us. You're Appreciate welcome. your time. Okay, bye. Don Drummond, School of Public Policy at Queen's University.